Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 137, Love Does Make a Difference. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk sex, love, and commitment. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. Happy October. Yes. Oh my gosh, TikTok 2012 is coming to an end. and Quickly. Uh, quickly. I know. It seems like this year is just flying by. I thought it was only when you were a kid that time seemed to fly by, but um, now that I'm a grown-up and you just have so many good and exciting things going on, it's like, wow, you know, time's just flying. Yeah. And to all of you who are celebrating anniversaries this month congratulations this friday october 5th miss beautiful elisa de lorenzo who's sitting across from me we will be celebrating 16 years mm-hmm. 16 years and we are going to town we will be at a business conference starting friday morning Woo-hoo! and it is a long conference friday saturday and sunday fortunately for us here's the good part here in san diego 20 minutes from our home we have a sitter where the kids will be staying all weekend long. At their house. At their house, yes. So we get to come home each and every evening to a quiet place and just chill. We will go and do a nice dinner after the conference on Friday night since we'll be by the coast. We'll probably head out to the coast somewhere, maybe figure out a place. Not sure where yet, but we'll find something and go chill and enjoy ourselves. Okay, here's the thing though. It's a date night, so we're not going to wing it. I understand that. Okay, because that kind of sounded like a, let's do the, what do you want to have? I don't know. What do you want to have type of thing? We need to plan before Friday. Yes. I just haven't planned yet. Okay. Okay. As long as as you all heard that Tony is planning this one, I just, you know, since he just admitted that on the air, you all know to chime in to Tony with what he should be doing. Right. Or keeping him accountable. So I, I know there's a Taco Bell right around the corner from the hotel where we're doing the conference. You know what? Ironically enough, that would be kind of a cute thing. (laughs) Wouldn't it? And the reason I say that, and I know some of you out there are going, seriously, Tony, Taco Bell. Um, If you go back 18 years, so the summer we first met, the summer of 1994, Tony and I did a lot of late night Taco Taco Bell runs. So it would be kind of funny. Not that I think my stomach could really handle it much anymore, but... It would be funny to go to Taco Bell on our anniversary. Right. Maybe. Well, maybe what we can do, we can do that for lunch. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> not not a huge Taco Bell fan anymore. I understand. You know, but it would tie in. I wouldn't be opposed to Taco Bell on Friday. Just I don't think dinner is Taco Bell. All right. All right. Just saying. Well, we hope you guys are having a fantastic and wonderful week that you are just cranking along in your marriage and that... You've had a lot of fun. You know, we we are excited as this year does come to a close and looking back on the podcast and looking back on One Extraordinary Marriage, how we have been able and you have been able to touch so many different lives across the world. It's just been awesome to see. And this week we're talking about, you know, love does. And where it all comes from is that we got the opportunity to see this amazing author, speak Mm -hmm. at our church last night. Name is Bob Goff. 
and he wrote a book called Love Does. I got to see him once. At least I actually got to see him twice this week. Yeah, he was um, he was also the the keynote speaker for a um, Christian women's networking group. They were actually it's called Professional Women's Fellowship. They were partnered with the the male counterpart, which is CEO, which stands for Christian Executive Officers. So it's it was a mixed um, session this past week, and Bob was the speaker and. It was definitely one of those things where hearing the message the second time around, you know, you always pick up those gems that you didn't hear the first time. But, you know, he said some really powerful things. Um, and I'm sure, to, you know, there were some things that Tony definitely picked up on because they really resonate with who Tony is uh, and, and the two of us as well and, and some of the things that we've incorporated into our lives. But, you know, he talked about the fact, one of the things I love is he talks about the fact that he's been meeting with this group of guys in a quote-unquote Bible study for years and years and years Ten and years. years. And finally, one day, he's like, you know what? He goes, enough of this. Enough of this. Like, I know how to say, you know, Dead Sea in Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And, you know, I know what, you know, this word means and that word means. But what are we doing? Right. What? what? <laughs> Fabulous that we have all this book knowledge. But Jesus said, go out and love. And so that's really where where his passion came from and how he... Uh, motivates and inspires people to go out and do what you were gifted to do. And I love that he says, it's not what you're able to do, but what you love to do. Mm -hmm. He is a lawyer, um, which is kind of a funny thing because he's probably the most charismatic, charismatic. Well, I don't even know charismatic, but you know, my animated, yes, animated. My experience with lawyers has always been that they're kind of, you know, more stoic, more reserved, and nothing he, against you attorneys out there. I know we've, we've probably just alienated half, you know, <laughs> a handful of you going, Oh my gosh, but not alienate you as, as a general perception as, yes. you know, um, stereotype, if you will, attorneys are more reserved and stuck. This guy gets up on stage and he is just hysterical. You know, he, he talks, he relates this one story about how, you know, he's traveling back and forth and he likens it to being in the witness protection program. Cause he feels like he's just all over the country with book tour and offices and things like that. And he shares the story about how he was sitting in the exit row because he's so tall. And one of the engines in the plane that he's flying in goes out, which he just thinks is the coolest thing because now they're actually going to have to do the emergency landing and he's sitting in the exit row. So finally he gets to do something. And so he starts telling all the people around him, look, when they deploy the you know inflatable slide things that you always see on the side of the picture in your little fold-out diagram, he goes, we should all cannonball because you're never going to get the chance to do this again. So go out and just like cannonball down that slide. And then he looks at the audience wherever he's speaking and he goes, I'm going to cannonball into you. That's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to just cannonball in and just make a difference in this world. Stop being so polite. Stop, you know, oh, I'm sorry. No, go out there and do something. And more importantly, as we tie it in with One Extraordinary Marriage, do something in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, do love. We've talked about this many a times over the years. And it is so important that people come up to us time and time again. I've read all the books. I've gone to this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. And then you ask the question, are you loving on your spouse? Are you doing something in your marriage to make a difference? And usually it's like, well, I need to learn this or I need to do that or I need to do this. You know, folks, sometimes you just got to do it. Sometimes you just have to love. 
Yeah, and just jump in and see what's going to happen. Because you don't know what's going to happen unless you start moving forward. The fear of moving forward, I get it. I get that point. We all have that period in our lives where sometimes we are so fearful of moving forward because of what might happen in the future. But we don't know what's going to happen. Five years ago when Elisa and I decided to do our 60 Days of Sex Challenge, there was fear. That was a big love does. Yeah, there was fear there, though, of doing it. What would happen? But look what has happened. And for some of you, you're like going, well, if I do that, my marriage may end. It may, might as well end. Here's the thing, folks. If you're in a relationship where it's abusive, where there's addictions going on, and you're trying to love, you're going out there and you're doing it, and you get down the road and you realize there's no change, that's cool. That's a positive in your life that you need to look at and you got to go, you know what? I don't need to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. As much as that hurts, as much as I do not want to see divorce, as much as I do not want to see the break of, of of marriages, if there is abuse, if there is addiction, if that is continuously going on, emotional, physical, If you're loving and it does not change that person, they have no way out, then you have a positive outlook. At least you've done the most that you could do. Mm -hmm. You can walk away with your head held high going, I did everything, everything I was able to do. And I loved that person. I loved my husband. I loved my wife till the bitter end, till the end of this. I know that I did. And you can walk away with your head held high. No regrets, nothing. I truly, and I truly believe that. Love can do that. It's okay. Wow, I'm speechless. Elisa's looking at me in shock. <laughs> I'm like, whew. Um, I'm like trying to think of the follow-up to that. It doesn't happen very often that he just absolutely causes me to be speechless. Wow, honey, that was really good. Amen. amen. That, that was right. definitely an amen. All right. Um, you know, because the reality is, folks, is that, you know, and I go back to what Bob Goff said, too often we um, we just want to be liked and we just want to keep the peace and we don't want to rock the boat. And so it's easier to go along having a ho-hum life than it is to go out there and, and do that cannonball. And make a difference in somebody's life, mm-hmm. starting with your own and your marriage. I mean, cannibal it. Do, do the crazy stuff that no one else does so that you can have the relationship that no one else has. Make a decision that in your marriage, your spouse is going to come first. Because I can guarantee you can look around and see all the marriages where that is not true. Right. Make a decision that you're going to court your spouse, no matter how many years you've been married. Guess what? It's not happening out there. That's why people are looking elsewhere for affection. That's why people are going to pornography. They're not getting it in their marriage. They're not having, I'm not saying you have to meet all of your spouse's needs because there's only one person that can do that and that's God. But there are emotional needs. There are things that, that it takes two in a marriage to do. And that's where you got to jump in with both feet and say, you know what, I'm doing this love thing and it's going to be wild and crazy. And yeah, some days it's going to be amazing. And some days I'm going to be like, what the heck am I doing? But when you have those kind of days, then you say, you know what, I'm making a difference. 
Right. I'm making a difference in my marriage. I'm making a difference in my legacy. I'm making a difference in the future of my children. I'm making a difference in my community because you know what? I'm choosing to love instead of getting all wrapped up in what society tells us we should be doing, wrapped up in materialistic things, wrapped up in keeping up with the Joneses, wrapped up in my career's got to come first because, you know, I've got to be at the very top of the food chain. So I'm going to sacrifice my family. I'm going to sacrifice my marriage. I'm going to sacrifice everything. I'm going to totally put that priority list upside down. You know, when you decide that love is going to be the overriding factor in your relationships, everything starts to fall into place. One of the things that Bob shared, and this was a little bit of a tough pill for me to swallow. So he refers to Thursday as Thursday quit day. And so on Thursdays, he quits something. Sometimes it's something good that he'd like to keep doing. And sometimes it's something bad that he knows he shouldn't be doing. But, you know, Thursday is quit day. So every Thursday, he quits something. And the reason that he does this is to make more room for God to work in his life. So are you quitting uh, Facebook on Thursday? I told you this was a tough pill for me to swallow. Mm -hmm. I did, however, quit a mastermind group that I was in. You did? I did. Which one? I, I'm not going to go into it on oh, the okay. air. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Sorry. Um, yeah, I didn't do it on Thursday because it, it took me, I first heard um, Bob speak on Tuesday. And so I had to like think, I'm like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? So Thursday came and went and I still hadn't decided. But then I started looking at my calendar going, okay. Are where? you going to tell me after? Uh, okay. Yes. Okay. Oh, right. You just hadn't mentioned it before. Well, it hadn't come up in conversation. I just, okay. I didn't know I had to put my Thursday quit day things up on like a calendar. No. Anyway. You can let me know though. <laughs> like they really care. They don't care. It was just, I, I made a decision to quit a group because I didn't feel like I was able to give a hundred percent to that group. Got it. And I felt the burden of being a part of that group because I wasn't keeping up with the work. And so I just said, you Got know it. what? It's not the right fit for me right now. So why am I, you know, like, you know, as Bob used in his, his talk, being a poser saying, oh yeah, I can do this. I can keep up with this. I can, you know, when really I can't and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Quit. And when somebody asks me why my, my this week it'll have to be, well, because it was Sunday instead okay. of Thursday. But the point is, Sometimes you have to quit things, good or bad, to make room for what the work that God wants to do in your life and in your marriage. Amen. Yeah, totally. I mean, we have to be able to let go of things. And it's hard. It's really hard. And I'll tell you over the years, and you and I both know this, that we have become overscheduled at times. Mm-hmm. And Elisa and I will sit down because it'll come to a head where we're running around, we're doing all this stuff, we're, oh, we got to do this and we got to do that and run. And, nah. and usually, you know what? It comes to the head here at home because we're short of temper with each other. We're short of temper with the kids. We can tell that our sex lives, our physical intimacy, it's down, it's strained. And then we'll usually, when that passes the next day, we usually sit there and go, we got too much. Mm-hmm. What do we, what, what's ending soon? What are we, what are we wiping off? Because we cannot do it. And you know what? Those are some of the toughest times. It, it really is. And I'm finding it, and I think you are too, more and more, people are not willing to say no. To just oh. say, 
I'm done with it. I'm quitting this. I, I, I don't want it anymore. You know what, folks? There's nothing wrong. Nothing. And I don't know where this came about. There's nothing wrong with sitting around and being lazy on a Sunday. Nothing. When I grew up, my dad's a hardworking man to this day, even though he's like sort of semi-retired. He's a hardworking man. And I remember growing up, he's a, he's a contractor, busted his balls all week long. He'd come home. He'd even work Saturdays if he needed. But Sundays, he would usually just wake up early because he always wakes up early. Well, he's got to watch. Uh, he has to watch his political show in the morning. Yeah, I can't I think of what, what it is. is. But, yeah. but he would wake up early in the morning, watch his show. After that, he'd get outside in the yard, just do his thing, tinker around here and there, mow the lawn, this, whatever. After lunch. Pasta. Uh, and when I grew up as a kid, yeah, Sunday pasta, meatballs, the eggs, potatoes, the sauce homemade. Oh, love it, love it, love it. But after that, he would sit down to his Westerns or the Three Stooges or whatever it was. And he would just lie there and take a nap. He would just nap, just chill, nothing. Us kids could be bounding around. Usually we knew better. We just you know, did our own thing in, in our rooms or we got outside. But I saw my dad rest. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I go, you know what? That's what we need to be doing. Tony, Tony so bought into that this week that he took two naps today on Sunday. Well, this week, as we talk about love does, we have been big into the San Diego rescue mission for many years. Mm-hmm. I think it's eight or nine years now. And one of the big events they've put on over the last six years is called Sleepless San Diego. And it's this great overnight event held down at Liberty Station here in San Diego, which is across the bay from downtown. Just an awesome area. It used to be an old Navy barracks, and they've uh, reconditioned and refurbished them into these uh, businesses and restaurants and all sorts of cool things down there. Well, there's some big park areas, and this is where they hold Sleepless San Diego. Overnight event, you sleep out, they have great stuff going on, good bands showing up, really good and intriguing videos about the face of homelessness in San Diego and in this country. They have amazing speakers who have gone through, or I should say clients that have gone through the San Diego rescue mission have come clean. They've gone off of drugs. They've gone off of alcohol. They've come off the streets and now they are productive citizens in society again. So you get to hear their stories and it's amazing how that has changed over the six years. Last night we saw a man, Jeremy, 33 years old, found himself at rock bottom, rock bottom, 33 years old, good looking guy sharp guy, not your face of homelessness, not the guy you'd be thinking, gosh, why does this guy have a problem? Why is he sleeping out on the beaches and is a beach bum and, you know, looking for that next drink. But he was 33 years old and found himself at the front steps of the San Diego rescue mission. And this is a guy who had, you know, had a well-paying job Mm -hmm. doing really well, living the life paycheck to paycheck, you know, enjoying all of the good things and lost his job. And when he found employment again, it was as a grocery store um, stock worker, mm-hmm. stocking yogurt. I remember he was very adamant that it was the yogurt that he was stocking and was still living the lifestyle 
of his previous sales job, but obviously not making the money. And, um, you know, it was really one of those very sobering moments. I mean, Abby was sitting on my lap and she even said today, she goes, that must've been really stinky to have to, cause he ended up having to move back home. Um, when he was losing in the process of losing everything and, and Abby's like, that would stink to move back home when you're in your thirties. And, and we were like, yes, yes, so don't do that. Yeah. So that was <laughs> never said a little message to our children. Um, but it really hit home to her that he had to, you know, that was a, a desperation point. And even then his alcoholism was raging so out of control that his parents kicked him out and said, you know what, this is going to hurt us more than it's going to hurt you, but you're out of here. Yeah. And so he was homeless for an extended period of time until he made it to the rescue mission, got in the program, actually found himself about eight months in, you know, having a bad day, took a drink, more than one, ended up being out of the program for 30 days because he has to be out of the program for 30 days once he, you know, violates that clause. And during that 30 days made the decision, you know what, this is no way to live. So he went in and got himself, you know, cleaned up, graduated from the program. He's back in sales, you know, has put his life back on track. And this is, this is part of the reason why we support the rescue mission. The cool thing though, that you get out of his talk though, was that his love for Christ. Mm -hmm. He realizes how at the, at that eight month period, how he was letting his ego get in the way of, Oh, I can do this on my own. And he realized when he got, when he fell off the wagon and he was 30 days outside of the rescue mission, how much he needed Christ's love. Mm -hmm. And here's this guy going out there and he's sharing. So just something amazing. We're going to, we're going to have a video link to the San Diego or the sleepless in San Diego, sleepless San Diego that happened three years ago. And that was like a March, April, mm -hmm. May of 2009, where we were there as a family and Elisa was on one of the cots and she was just rocking Abby to sleep at the time. She was three years old and a camera crew from one of the local stations came up and wanted to talk to Elisa. So we're going to have that clip up there for you guys to, to see because it's just a beautiful clip and one that um, we're very proud of. We're, we're proud that we have been able to be a part of something that is making a difference in our city. Well, and, and the ability to involve our children yes, as well. Although Alex slept from the time we got there until the time we woke up this morning. Well, it is sleepless. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't quite go into the whole sleepless thing. He got into his car, but you know, he stayed awake long enough to make his little cardboard structure. And then he was out. He was so tired because Tony um, had taken him to the all men's gathering at our church yesterday morning. But you know, and we got to talk about that too. We got to talk about that because that's another love does. But you know, the thing with the rescue mission and, and part of the reason why that clip um, matters so much is that Abby and I were walking around last night and keep in mind that was filmed in 2009. Right. She was, you know, three years old. Um, but I was wearing the same coat. I, you'll see it in the clip. It's a red North face jacket that I've had for 11 years. Almost, yeah, 11, almost 12 years. Tony got it for me for Christmas a gazillion years ago. And it's a great jacket, so I don't get rid of it even though I live in San Diego because I don't do cold very well, and my husband knows that. Anyway, so this guy last night, this teenager, sees me wear, walking around and stops me and says, you know, were you at Sleepless last year? 
And I said, no, we had to miss last year, um, but we've been the years prior to that. And he's like, but, but you're, the, you're the one that was in, that, in the television clip. And it took me a minute but I, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, you know, from a few years, you know, I'm looking at Abby going, oh my gosh, how many years has it been? But then I realized that, you know what, the rescue mission still uses that to reach people because you'll hear it in the clip as well. What I realized that night, what I saw again last night, because, um, my daughter did not want to sleep on her own cot. So we shared a cot, which, you know, there's nothing like sharing 24 inches with, you know, mm-hmm. an almost seven year old and yourself, but it, it put me in that place of going, okay, you know what? There are moms all over the world right here in San Diego, but homeless everywhere who don't have a place to put their children to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and I will challenge you, you know, one of the, um, they showed a 60 minutes clip last night on homeless children and what an epidemic it's becoming in our schools. Um, I believe the number now is like one in four nationwide. So I think it's almost 25% of children nationwide are homeless. Um, and you can't tell, like if you saw them, you wouldn't necessarily know, but you know, we've got a problem here, folks. And, and if your heart is moved to help the homeless, if that is where you are gifted, whether it's in helping, you know, find meals or fundraise or whatever your passion is, go out there and do it. Find, there's a, there's a Christian song, um, I'll have to see if I can find it. But basically there's a line in the song that says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a, it's a uh, plea to Christ to, to feel for those that Jesus feels for. And so I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if it's the homeless. I don't know if it's unwed mothers. I don't know if it's the elderly. I don't know if it's the sick and dying. I don't know who that is for you. But there is somebody that you are thinking about or a population of people that you are thinking about as we talk about love does today that you're like, that's who I'm supposed to help. Get out there and do it. Get out there because there are people hurting that they're just waiting to be loved on. Yeah. They are waiting to be recognized by somebody that you know, because they feel invisible. And to tying this back to your marriage, it may be the person you're married to. Yeah. It it may be the person you sit across the table from that you guys have put up so many walls that they don't even feel like you see them anymore. So maybe it starts with looking across the table and saying, Hey, I love you. I'm sorry for what's happened in the past. Yeah, it's time to work on this. It's time for us to get back to that place where we can love on each other, that we can take care of each other, that we can just cherish each other, that we can look into each other's eyes and see the sparkle, the gleam, you know, all that good stuff that happens when you truly just are just loving on each other. Mm-hmm. And one thing too, folks, for many of you who have kids, get them involved. And if they're young like ours or younger like ours, you're going to hear the frustration and the angst from them and the, the kickback that they don't want to go or this or that or the other. You know what? We hear it too. We do. It's not all rosy. It's not all perfect. You know, we cause, you know, there's, there's, there's constant battling that will happen in our household, but I will say this, they, they grab it. They get it get them involved somehow, some way with what you're doing. 
Well, and it can be something super small, you guys. I mean, last night we were standing getting something to eat and this woman walks up and asks for a bottle of water, not realizing that she was at more like a concession type setup, you know, where they were mm-hmm. selling the food as opposed to just somebody, you know, like one of the other tables, it sounded like they were passing out water earlier in the evening. And so the kid working the cash register said that that'll be a dollar. And she was obviously flustered. She was not homeless. She was just, you know, somebody that was there for the evening. Um, and so she walked away just, you know, off to look for water. And so I handed the kid a, a dollar and I gave Abby the water bottle and I said, Abby, run up and give it to her. So mm-hmm. Abby runs up to this woman and says, you know, like taps her on the arm and says, this is for you. And, and you can tell, like we were about, I don't know, 20, 30 feet away. And you could tell the woman was like confused, like, why is this little girl giving me a water bottle? And so, you know, Abby, I'm sure said something to her about my mom got you a water bottle. So the woman comes back and says, you did, you did this for me? And I said, yeah, you, you know, you were thirsty and you didn't expect to have to pay. And so I had the money and I paid for you. And she looks at me, and she goes, but I'm not homeless. And I said, that's okay. You're thirsty. So I, I'm not concerned. Your home status is not a concern to me. I mean, obviously we're at sleepless, homeless um, benefit, but, but she just looked at me. And the next thing I know, I'm getting this amazing hug from this woman. She's like, thank you very much. I said, no problem. Enjoy your water. You know, and I, I, she went off and, you know, I was able to involve Abby in a very just teachable way. Like right. if we've got it, we give it. And we changed somebody's evening. You know, she went from being disappointed not to have water to amazed that a complete stranger would just buy her a bottle of water. And really, did it make a difference, you know, to our financial picture? No. And that's, you know, sometimes it's a sacrifice, sometimes it's not, but it made a difference to her. Mm-hmm. And, and getting that hug made a difference to me. I didn't do it to get any type of recognition. I just did because she was thirsty. Take those, take advantage of those moments, guys. Take advantage of those moments in your marriage to do something for your spouse just because, not because you want something from them, not because you're trying to manipulate the circumstances to be favorable for you. Do something for your spouse just because you're married to them. Yeah. The, just the, because. Not having that expectation for something in return, I will tell you, will alleviate so much of your angst and frustrations in your marriage. It really will. And having just gone through it numerous times over the years that Elise and I have been married, one of the biggest things that has helped me is just not expect anything in return. There's not, there, there, there is no chart in my head going, if I do this, she's going to do that. And if I do this, she has to do that. It is so helpful. And it is a complete mind shift. It will take loads of work on your part to just allow yourself to go, you know what? I'm doing this with nothing in return, nothing and lots of prayer. I mean, lots of prayer, you know, for yourself and for your spouse, it, because it, it just, for myself again, it, and I'm going to bring it back to the dishes because this is one of those big ones in our marriage that was always the issue. You know, it, it was the big one to me and it seems so trite. I mean, it's the dishes for crying out loud. And I would feel like if I did the dishes, Elisa owed me huge. 
like I I should have been given a blowjob plus some sex plus something else. I mean, it was just that big to me. Wow. I know. But see, that's what you, you build that stuff up oh, in your yeah. head. Those expectations. And then, and then it doesn't come along and you're frustrated mm-hmm. and you're going, well, why doesn't my spouse or my wife love me or why doesn't she do this for me? I mean, I did the dishes, you know, but as I've worked through this over the years, it's just like a no brainer now. I mean, it's, it's a dishes. I put them away. I don't expect anything in return. It's the laundry. I do it because I'm part of this family. I'm part of this household. You know, it's, you know, just sort of picking up after my own self when I make messes because it's just what you have to do without expecting anything in return. And I would expect it makes a huge difference in the way you interact with me. Oh, absolutely. Because there isn't this, there isn't the scorecard anymore in our marriage. Right. And for many years we had like, gigantic neon billboard size scorecards mm-hmm. on both sides. Well, I did this. Well, you owe me, you know, I was home with the kids all day. So you owe me at least one night out where I can go out without the kids and you owe me, you know, peace and quiet for a little bit. It, just all of this, you owe me. And that's how we, you know, a lot of times we don't even say it out loud, but it sits there in the back of our head going, oh, that's going to cost you. That one's going to, and you know, it's so funny that we're even, you know, kind of digressing into this because he changed my, Tony changed my headlight today on my van. My poor van. It's dying a slow death. But I joked with him. I'm like, oh, but you know, he's like, well, yeah, the headlight was only $10. And I said, yeah, but what's it really going to cost me? And we can joke about it now. Right. Because of where we've gotten to in our marriage. Seven, eight, nine years ago, I would not have made that joke because I did not want to know what was on the other side of that answer. Right. A, a little tip or a little bit on our van. I just want to t- say this for all you Dave Ramsey folks out there. We have had this van since 2003. Mm-hmm. So nine years. It has almost 210,000 miles on it. It's about to just break down. It, it still keeps going. It's not, I mean, there are just issues that need to be taken care of and we're not going to put the money into it because it's just not worth it. And I got to say, this has been the most fun we've had with the car because it's been our, our goal to make sure that we have enough money saved to buy our next car, mm-hmm. number one. And number two, we've never had a car this long and just beat the living crud out of it. Yes. And, and so this thing is at two hundred and almost 210,000 miles. We'll sell it for probably a thousand bucks and move on. Yeah, but again, it goes back. I mean, it's become, it, you know, here's love in action. It's become this conversation piece between the two of us where, you know, Tony knows I need to replace my car, you know, but we're on the same page for, in a financial intimacy point of view going, okay. You know, even the kids are like, oh, mom, get this, get that. And I go, honey, that's, that's not in my, that's not what I have saved up. We can't get that. that. That's not even, you know, they want, you know, bells and whistles and all this kind of stuff. And, um, I'm like, we're going to buy used because we always buy used. It's just what we do. Uh, so it's got to be in the budget. Right. Period. You know, this is how much cash I have. Everything for the new vehicle has got to fit in the, that magic number. And and we are having fun with it. I mean, I'm joking. I'm like, okay, really? <sighs> After my last oil change when they're like, and you need this and you need this and you need this. And I'm like, cha-ching 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 and then the headlight goes out the next day i'm like wow car you're really you're it didn't go out the next day the headlight went out before it even went in 
Oh, to, you're right. It was, it was like the day before. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I mean, part of it is love and action gets you on the same page with your spouse. And then that's really what the, the whole car story is about is that when you're being active, because love is a verb, folks. Yeah. Love does. And, and, you know, there is the book of Acts in the Bible. Why? Because God wants us to act. Okay. There are, there are all this, there's all this action. Right. You know, love does not sit around waiting to be catered to. Love does. You know, Bob Goff's book, there's, there's a, a, an easier read to just sit down and say, you know, what does this mean in my life? What does this mean in my marriage? What do I need to change about me to be showing love in action to my spouse? What is that in our marriage? I challenge you this week to figure out what the love action is that you need to be doing for your spouse. What the love action is you need to be doing for your community. Because I, I would guarantee that those of you that are listening this week have thought answers for both of those things. Mm -hmm. And that love action also may be, what am I quitting? That, that is action. You you know, that's love in action. Mm -hmm. Think about it this way. How was that love in action? If you got 10 things on your plate right now, right? And you are spread so thin that you can't get to everything if you drop one, two, three of those things off of your plate, those other ones will truly get you. And I think that that mm. is more important than being spread so thin that none of them get you. That is important. And by pulling back and not getting caught up in doing, 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 you're able to love and love and love. And I think that's where you will get the benefit in life. That's where you'll be singing with joy. You know, as Bob would say, they're sitting up in heaven, looking over the rails, looking down on you going, that's my girl. That's my boy. Look what he's doing. Look at how she is impacting her community. They're just waiting. They're waiting for you to do that. And to do that, sometimes you got to wipe some things off. And so when you look at your week, as Elisa said, don't hesitate to come up to Thursday and quit something. Quit something so you can love somebody else. And if they ask why, just say it's Thursday. It's Thursday. Quit. Quit. No explanation needed. It's Thursday. Right. That's it. You know, get out there, folks. In your marriage, make it, make it happen. We so have faith in you. We have seen so many of you go and take action. You have stepped forward in faith that something is going to change and it has it has in the course of your marriage being changed in the course of your spouse being changed you have been changed you have been touched 
you have seen, you have experienced life to the fullest. And that's what we want from you. We want you to experience life to the fullest. And no, it's not going to be grandeur every single day. There are going to be those nights and nights upon nights where you don't get sleep and you're grumpy. We all have those days. There are going to be those days when nothing seems to go right. But there are going to be those days when you take those steps of faith and you love others that it's just going to be so amazing that you're going to look back and go, all that I went through got me to where I am here today where you can go, this is pure joy. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is what happens when I quit all that stuff. This is what has happened because I took a step of faith. And it takes time. It takes days, months, sometimes even years. But go for it. See what's going to happen. Cannonball into life. Stop tiptoeing around. Cannonball in there. Make a splash. Make a wave. Make a dent. Make an impact. Some people may not dig you anymore. It's okay. There are many others that you can touch and love and hit and and impact. Can't save them all, but you can always make a dent. You can always make a wave. Get out there and do something this week, guys. Make it amazing. Um, yeah, I think that's... I don't know. I feel very energized. I, I hope know. you do too. It's time to go listen to some YouTube music and get us jazzed up again. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's our post-production time. We start yeah. listening. But you guys have a great week. Yeah. Make it, make it truly extraordinary. And um, share with us this week, uh, whether it's on the, on the website or on the Facebook page, share your love in action. Share what love does, looks like in your marriage, in your community. Your thoughts on that will give others inspiration and will help them with ideas on what they can do in their own relationships. So, you know, comment this week. Let us know what you're doing. Yeah. So as we end up tonight, we got a couple more weeks and then we are kicking off our He Said or He Zigs, She Zags live event here in San Diego. We want to see you there. You can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash live events. If you're in the radius, if you're in the area, SoCal, get on down here. We are going to have a super good time. Mm-hmm. So we would love to see you. If you want to get in touch with us, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. Or you can hit us up at 858-876-5663. We love you guys. Have a fantastic week.